yeah, we were just doing the uh, synchronization clap bit of inside baseball for you to get our recording synced. And I was thinking how cool it would be if the three of us piloted a big Pacific Rim rover <laughs> and we clapped to start it. <laughs> what would it be called? Shergar's heart? No. Um, no. <laughs> Alabaster Titan, surely. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but that is a really legit Pacific Rim name. I'm it afraid is. it's back in law. Which part? Which no. part of which part of the body would we each control? Oh no, it doesn't work. Oh no, it doesn't. The let's pretend, let's, pretend, not a let's, pretend, let's pretend it works like that. <laughs> you guys can do the normal Pacific Rim stuff, and I'll just control the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 14 of the Electronic Wireless Show second season. And as you can hear, Nate is back. <laughs> and in a whimsical mood today. <laughs> my name is Alice Pearl. And as well as Nate, I am joined by James. How are you, James? Hello. I'm I'm okay. Well, the 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 spirit is in good shape. Um, I love I've... how your opinion downgraded <laughs> in the middle of answering. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, should I lie or should I be honest? No, I'll be honest. No, it's, it's, it's shit. No, um, I'm I'm good except I, I've I've I may have picked up some kind of like minor cold or sniffle oh. or sore throat um, over the long weekend, which is annoying. Um, I've literally just before the episode started, um, I took a, a lateral flow COVID test. So, um, currently waiting for results. Of that we'll have, we'll have a nice moment. I think at the end of the episode, where I <gasps> yeah. announce whether I've got whether I've got COVID or not. That's great. That's in jeopardy on the podcast. Yes, yeah, our around presents we'll infected out. on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I didn't say earlier, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Today, we're talking about video games and how they turn me into an absolute loser. No. We're <laughs> You haven't said who you are, mystery woman. <laughs> I did. I said I'm Alice Bell. Oh, did you? Didn't Sorry. <laughs> who knows anymore? Um, we're in the jungle. No. No, we're not talking about that. Well, we do have a PC gaming uh, theme, but uh, as is our way, we do uh, say hello and uh, talk about how we're doing. I went to a wedding on Thursday and I am still exhausted. Uh, I had a two day hangover. And I'm not happy about it. <laughs> oh, battle mode. Was there anything I know. like really weird about the wedding or was it fairly standard issue? It was fairly standard issue. It was an Irish wedding, obviously, because I live in Ireland. Um, are they good? And it was up. They are, they are very good. They're slightly different um, in that there's usually more country music uh, and because that's big in Ireland. I've never, I've not really gotten to the bottom of why, but it is. 
and um there there's always a live band always always a live band if you are at an irish wedding and you don't have a live band something's gone terribly wrong and people will talk afterwards about how <laughs> they shouldn't have a live you're band scum. Yeah, you're like, Kinda, yeah. <laughs> you're not even Billy No Mates, you're like Ezekiel No Mates. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was really good. The band at this one was great. They were so, so slick. They did like an ABBA medley. They did, they did uh, Jump Around by uh, Have Some Pain into uh, Backstreet's Back. <laughs> it was brilliant. Oh, wow. Riddle me this, so does good. anyone born before 1985 not know the full lyrics to Jump Around by House of Pain? <laughs> how, did, how did such a shit rap lodge itself, you know, like the Iridium residue from the KT impact in our minds? <laughs> it's like an anti-banger, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. They repeat like the same things quite a lot. It's very good. I, <laughs> I just I love a rap where you call out John McEnroe, you know, <laughs> like in the same sentence as misogynistic violence. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly one of my favourite rapping <laughs> anyway, it's very good, but it um it was I think the nicest wedding I've been to. I did feel like scum there because like they they like they're very nice obviously, but it was one of those weddings where it's like, you know, all you can eat champagne kind of thing. <laughs> <It's> like just <laughs> imagine you chomping on the bottles like some yeah. kind of monster. <laughs> Um, and the, it was like a four course dinner and everything. And I, I was like, do you have chicken nuggets? Um, <laughs> Did they? <laughs> but it was very lovely. Do you um, consume the flesh of beasts? I consume the flesh of fowl and some fish sometimes. I'm trying to not eat as much fish. but That um, was a great yeah, little start- medieval chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was vegetarian completely for a long time, um, and then I got really sick again. And I just the the most efficient way for me to consume calories was to to eat a, an animal. Unfortunately, so I do still eat chicken now, but I try, I don't eat anything else. So I'm a coward's vegetarian, basically, just a hypocrite. Only uh, when the red thirst descends. Yeah, it's I get a red mist. It's like triggering a a. Barbarians, <laughs> <laughs> blood rage, <laughs> and then I wake up surrounded by the headless corpses of chickens. I was thinking about um, the game Blood Bowl the other day and how horrible it would be to drink a bowl of blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just breakfast for Dracula. But... <laughs> a Dracula milkshake. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> No, anything else to report, lads? Anything else going on this week? No, nothing. That's fair. <laughs> you excited for the? Oh, I met the, the bloke. The, um, the bloke at the corner shop. <laughs> I, I saw him at uh, a little community picnic with the school on Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday, that All was right. lovely. Was he like ah? Oh, drinking much Rio these days? <laughs> yeah, he's my Rio dealer. <laughs> I'm 
afraid that's about all the legs that's got as an anecdote, though. Knackered. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when, when, you, when you start telling an anecdote from a D&D game and you realise it didn't happen in real life and it's, it's, uh, it's not entertaining to anyone at all. I, I suppose <laughs> reflecting on it is actually quite important to me because I don't, you know, especially with the first 18 months we lived at this address being locked inside, it was ages before I knew anyone locally. And that friendship with the corner shop guy has been like a little seedling between slabs of concrete that I've cultivated and I'm obscenely proud of. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really... Damn happy I saw the corner shop dude a bit, Mick. <laughs> yeah, no, good for you, man. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I, I have not seen my corner shop dudes out and about, unfortunately. So I'm less plugged into the community than you are, Nate. Oh, I'm ashamed. Do you have a fear that they despawn when you leave the shop? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I don't see myself as the protagonist of reality. So More fool you. <laughs> uh, we should play Dungeons & Dragons together sometime. Should we? Have you ever played it, James? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm kind of meaning to, though. I feel, oh, I feel like it's something new... I should play. It's fun. It's like a video game, but slower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should, um, we should carry on Brandy's Salt Marsh campaign. Oh yeah, we were up to like episode 300 and something, weren't oh, we? Oh, <laughs> I lost track. The reboot was stupid. It was, yeah, it was. Absolute <laughs> nonsense. No wonder Brandy got fired for that. <laughs> My favourite thing was on, on that was all the comments that were like very confused. <laughs> <laughs> the Brainlands! Yeah, Heroes of the Brainlands. If you've not listened to that episode, if you search Heroes of the Brainlands, uh, it should come up on RPS. <laughs> it was a good time. And you can listen to that. It was a good time. I'm rolling a new D&D character this week because in an effort to make friends and not be a loser who doesn't leave their flat, I'm joining like a local D&D kind of troupe and just going to play a game with strangers. But I don't know how fun they're going to be yet. So oh. I don't know how fun I can be when building the character, you know? That is so cool though. Like what a what a, what a thing to relish. Oh that sounds fun. Maybe the local yeah. corner shop guy will be there. <gasps> Imagine. That'd be exciting. The stars align. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to segue any of this to the actual topic this week. <laughs> what is the topic this week? Well, we're gonna talk a bit about because nothing happened this week apart from the, the or the last week, apart from the Acta Blues Xbox merger being kiboshed and then throwing some incredible shade at the British government so um and I don't want to talk about that because that's boring <laughs> I, I literally but, just handed you the segue and you buried it. oh I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> there's a botch on my part there's a botch on my part okay I'll try again so Alice what are we talking about this week how is that? That's not a segue. That's just you. We're talking about DLCs. <laughs> just changing the subject. <laughs> I just looked yeah. straight at the camera. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about DLCs. We've talked about the topic a bit before in relation to other things, but a couple of games have got some some expansions and fun 
DLCs this week. City Skylines has got a a kind of hotels and resorts expansion. Um, uh, so you can build uh, like a hotels and retreats mini expansion that adds hostels, cabins, hotels and luxury resorts that makes your city friendlier mm. to tourists. It's the last uh, expansion of City Skylines because City Skylines 2 uh, was announced this year and is slated for release this year. Oh, it has um, been a big brave horse though, hasn't it? Like that that game's has, gone yeah. the distance. It really has, yeah. And uh, the other is uh, the detective in the, the case of the Golden Idol um, has announced a case a series of three prequel cases as DLC, um, which are coming next month, which I guess is this month actually because it was announced at the end of April and we're now in March um, so uh, yeah it's called uh, Golden Isle of Mysteries The Spider of Lanka hmm. um, which yeah it's a fun name it's set in 1741 a year before the first scenario of the main game and the tree of new cases is to shed extra light on the titular idol whose mysterious power set the original game in motion uh, that's kind of all we know about it really um, but it's all new locations, uh, throne rooms, dockyards, courtyards, a uh, lot of dead lads lying about. Um, so, lads yeah, and yards, two, I'm in. There you go. So two two DLCs for two two games. I want to talk about DLCs and um, the difference between like what like what marks out a game that has been supported for a very long time, like City Skylines or Age of Empires, or Crusader Kings, something like that, and a live service game, or games as a service game, even like fundamentally, what's the big difference? Mm. Do you know? That's a good one. I think it's right. There's two sort of moving parts in my answer. I'm going to try and line them up, but I'm probably going to beef it. Um, So I think in in one part, it's to what extent. Um, you know, the game is meant to do everything it can do when it comes out. Uh, and that's that. That's a question that, you know, includes the whole idea of sort of early access and whether you release it, in inverted commas, before it's done. Um, and also, you know, what sort of expectations uh, your player base has in, in, in terms of, you know, how finished in inverted commas your games are when they come mm. out. Um, that was the second moving part that I sort of awkwardly segued into. But yeah, it's sort of, it's what, when the designers think a game is finished, when the players think the game is finished, and what the difference is between those two. Mm. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because... Yeah, it's really hard to articulate. Sorry, that was a load of spaghetti. No, it's good. Let's untangle that spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or beans. Let's make a beans metaphor out. <laughs> oh, if ever there was the time, yeah. I mean, do you, okay, let, let, let's sort of go, go back to, I can't remember which week we sort of were talking about, you know, games where you bought a physical edition in a box off of a shop. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, yeah, sometimes there are cases of sort of important patches coming out on CD and then expansion packs and stuff. But, you know, the idea 
the prevailing idea was that when a game was done, it was was done and an expansion pack was almost like a new game. Do you miss that? Kinda? I can't, I kind of do, yeah. I miss I miss a, I miss a sense of it being like an event, I guess, when a new um yeah, like a new expansion or a deal like a big DLC comes out. Because back in yeah. those days, like a strat- and again, I'm talking mostly from my experience of strategy games here. It was like a a big fat monster that could lay two eggs before perishing, you know. And it was a real, yeah, it was a real thing when you got those one or two expansion packs. Um, they were they were almost half sequels, really, when they were done right. Do you know what I miss from those days most? Though is the that you used to get really big um, booklets that were the the manuals. Oh, I used to love them. It was completely unrelated, but they were great. I remember the one of the ones for um, one of the Vampire Bloodlines games. It wasn't uh, it was Bloodlines. One of the Vampire Masquerade games, and it was like a little. It, the cover was made. It was printed to look like it was like a leather bound tome, and it had info about all the different you know Man. clans in it and stuff it was great instruction manuals are like one of my most lamented lines of physical culture that was so cool <laughs> yeah tunic has one that's like very zelda tunic what's um, tunic it's a, a game about a little fo- it's a sort of souls like kind of thing <coughs> where you play little flocks in a green tunic and mm. it's very Zelda-y, and the manual is super Zelda-y. Because it, it has... Well, it's not like a physical manual, is it, actually, thinking about it? James, have you played any Tunic? Am I ballsing this up? Uh, uh, it, isn't the... Oh, so I've not played, like, more than maybe, like, 20 minutes, if I'm completely honest. But wasn't isn't the manual, like, kind of important because the game's about deciphering a language in it? And... I... I think it, there's a was, physical was there, manual as well as a digital one, but I can't remember. Was it? Was there information about the manual that kind of like helps you keep track of that? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Oh, it's because it? you like there is a like all the text in it is a language that you kind of don't speak. So a lot of the stuff in the manual pages that you find um, is it's, it's images that you have to sort of you know interpret. So like it will show a picture of the little fox blocking. And the button that you have to press to do it. It's very, very cute. It's really good. This is so off topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We've got, I think we've got some pretty loose sales today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, I'm not like sure if that's before, an actual like, naval metaphor, but it sounds good. Doesn't that mean that we're not really going to go anywhere? <laughs> no, we just, <laughs> we'll cross, cross the equator and I'll dress as Poseidon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, what movie? Does, is that Master and Commando where they do that? Big laugh. Maybe. Now we're off topic. <laughs> Oceans are now battlefields. Um, uh, so I think, well, like, I, I was thinking about this basically because something like a, you know, a Stellaris or, you know, what, a big game like that or a Crusader Kings, whatever. Like the difference between the base game and the version of it you have if you have all the DLCs is radically different. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like super different. Um, and so I'm I was just kind of thinking, like, it what is 
the difference really between that and a game as a service game where, you know, they change stuff up and have different seasons and stuff. You know, like the player experience for someone who's bought all your your DLCs is so different to someone who hasn't. I, I think um, it I think it's wrong sometimes for the genre. Um because like if I'm playing a game of Stellaris like and properly like getting stuck in, that can easily be sort of twenty odd hours of playtime that, mm. you know, realistically going to occur over weeks. Um, maybe months. Um and I, I genuinely find Stellaris it, it, it's always great, but it's maddeningly protean. It, it just mm. can't stay the same for five minutes. And like, you know, genuinely often, if you are pressed for time and you're coming back to a save game after months, only to find that, you know, there's a new DLC release, which, you know, is transformative and you can't resist getting, you know, it, it, it honestly adds to my urge not to play Stellaris. I think with something like, you know, Call of Duty Warzone or whatever, where what you see is what you get um, and you're having fairly sort of rapid, episodic bits of playing. Yeah, seasonal stuff's great. Um, it's like a tasting menu, isn't it? You know, you get what you're given and hopefully it's good. But with a strategy game, you, you kind of want it to stay more stable so you can keep mm. coming back to what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Because I've never really been deep into strategy games. And that's the other thing is that like my the games that I play that have DLC are quite standalone and it's not, you know, they bolt on, they don't change the experience. More like the Curse of the Golden Idol one. How so do you it's... feel it works with RPGs? Because I always find it odd, like, playing a game I know well and just find there's now, you know this eerily pale man called, like, Strangled Barry living outside my original house, offering me a trip to the Forbidden Barn. You know, it's like, no, I don't, I don't remember Strangled Barry before. You know, he shouldn't be here. Why is someone that important? You know, because the barn's, like, level 75. You know, it's like um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Frozen Wilds. It's really weird once that's opened up. It's like, oh, do I want to get monstered by skyscraper-sized polar bears at any point? Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. It's, I, I kind of get what you mean. That's the way the most RPGs handle it. Like all the, the Assassin's Creed games, you know, like in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it would just be like... Yeah, someone suddenly standing on the docks being like, hello, I just came this morning. Would you like to immediately go back to a fucking island or America? You know. Um, I think it the- works better when it's kind of like maybe limited to post, what you might call, I guess, post-game. Yeah. Um, like one of my, my favourite um, DLCs is Broken Steel for Fallout 3, which is essentially extends the story and changes um ch- changes like the the base it doesn't it doesn't send you off somewhere else really it just, it just kind of changes and modifies the existing oh wow um, interesting map to reflect i guess mm. what happened what happened at the end of the game and kind of what's going on after it that's uh, an interesting as, one. as opposed to actually as opposed to like most of the other um fallout 3 dlcs which did have some guy just stood at the edge of the map <laughs> <laughs> Wait, waiting eternally for you to come along and be like, "Hey, want to want to get on my boat?" <laughs> See, I, the, I respect uh, the way they they do that because, 
like making like we where you've got like a story making a DLC that fundamentally alters that you know at the basic level that's that's that that's quite ballsy yeah like if you limit it to like after you the player has essentially finished the game um it it, it stops it stops it like interfering i guess with the bulk of it until they're ready to play it if that makes sense mm. um God, this, there's an- this is just making me wish. It's just making me sad <laughs> that I haven't been able to play um, Horizon Burning Shores. Uh, <laughs> What's the issue with that? I just no, I just don't have time for it. <laughs> but my, but my, my my understanding is that unlike Frozen Wilds, it it's it's post game essentially. So you have to finish the game, and then stuff happens, and then you swan off. Oh, here's a thing I like. I can't work out how to describe it, though, but I'll just give the example of the thing, and you might be able to. Have you played The, the Last Autumn, the uh, Frostpunk DLC? No. No. So I really like that because it's... Uh, I guess it kind of remixes the game because Frostpunk, one of the you know the weaknesses it has, arguably, is it's not that replayable. Um you know, because it's got a fixed map and sort of fixed events that happen and stuff. And and obviously they came out with more scenarios and stuff. But Last Autumn is is awesome. That's a prequel. And it sort of uses the uh, the skeleton of the game, but sets it before all the big cult stuff happens when you're just like testing like the big macho boiler in like the Canadian winter. Um and yeah, you're like the person who invented the big macho boiler for the city in Frostpunk. But it's really cool because it feels like Frostpunk to play, but obviously the sort of the, the rhythm of it and and the mechanics are very, very different. Right, so, and I thought found it just really, really creative. I don't know if you can think of other things like that. Um It's almost I, like reskinning hmm. the game. Yeah. Uh, rather than adding an extra bit to it. Well, the, it makes me think of um, the uh, Fail Better Games when I talked to them. So I did an interview with them and it was supposed to be I was going to follow the creation of a DLC for Sunless Skies. Mm. Um, and then they didn't do the DLC. So it ended up being about them not doing a DLC because something like only 30% of people that get your game will buy the DLC, I think they said. Um, I'll link really? to it, and they, but they talk. Yeah, it's a, a slow number, so it, you have to balance like sort of the economy of scale of it, like how long is it going to take, you know? Um, and they talked about their previous DLCs as being mistakenly enormous and things like that, <laughs> and being sort of very transformative and and too transformative almost. Um, in terms of how hard they had to work, I think. I tell you, um, Frontier have kind of got that games as a service, the pseudo games as a service thing down to a T. Um, I know this because Planet Zoo, despite not having time, well, not having bothered to play it for about 18 months properly, I've put a few hours in here and there, but I haven't gone, gone hard on it for a year and a half. I've bought every DLC because it's like having a little... Imagine a little drain chute next to where you sit at your desk and you know a delicious egg, egg yolk's going to come down it every 10 minutes. <laughs> You're just going to tilt your head and glop. 
And it, it, it's like that. You know they're going to keep coming. And they're never anything that special. You know, there's a few more textures. You know, different sort of bear. Who knows? But I keep buying them, even though I could bet myself a lot of money that I, you know, I won't even build enclosures for most of the animals in the pack before buying the next one. Yeah. I, an interesting one, actually. And I haven't mentioned Dragon Age Inquisition for low many weeks now, so I'm <laughs> due. But Dragon Age had, it had a, a few DLCs. It had like, you know, um, con- what do you call them? A nice horse. It had special horses and that kind of stuff. And cosmetics, there you go. And uh, it had one of the strangled Brian telling you to visit a different place, uh, which worked quite well because in Dragon Age Inquisition anyway, you went to new areas just by looking at them on your map. You didn't have to talk to anyone to go anywhere. So it's just like, oh, we found a new place. I don't know. But then it had the final DLC for Dragon Age Inquisition wasn't post-game content. It was the end of the game. <laughs> like, okay. Um. So like you you ended the game by like fighting the big bad guy and like his magic crystal ball broke and then the egg elf man walked away all sad. <laughs> and then and then you and then you got a final DLC where it was like you know 6 months later or whatever and you were doing you were on some like diplomatic business and then you could see kind of what happened to some of your friends there's a really pivotal bit where depending on what you've told uh Freddie Prince Jr.'s big cow man to do previously, he will betray you. Um, and you then meet up with the big elf man again and have a kind of showdown with him to do with his past and character and who he is. And he it ends with him being like, well, see you in the fourth game. And you're like, yeah, see you in the fourth game. Oh, kind of that's thing. got and real Marvel like, post-credits energy, hasn't it? A bit. I mean, it's so, like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm a I'm a simp for Dragon Age. So. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's something about that approach really bothers me. Because that's, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, what's a film? Um, what's a film? It's like, go Shawshank watch- Redemption. Yeah, okay. Shawshank Redemption, you finish watching it. And then, like, you get phoned up by Netflix, and they're like, we'll put another five minutes on at the end where he goes back to prison and gets ripped if you give us seven <laughs> quid. <laughs> now I'm all right, thanks. Like, the story was finished. You can't, you know, retroactively change the story <laughs> for the addition, you know, for a bloody transaction. I don't know. When it's really narrative like that and sort of, you know, it's like the extra endings on Return of the King, you know? Yeah, I get you. I mean, Return of the King had half a dozen fucking endings. And I love um, them all like chil- my own children, yeah. <laughs> Gimli! <laughs> you can't hear him say it, but you can see him say it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't forget Bioware's other um, famous story-based DLC, uh, Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut. Oh, yeah. It's spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about that before, didn't we? Yeah. Is it, it, it? Do you guys think it's like uncool to put to like to just basically put important story details in option, like essentially optional DLC? 
well, a little sort of, bit. Yeah. Dishonored did it with um Delilah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Do you she, think she's just a DLC witch, and then she's just in the second game, she's like, "It's me, I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon? And it's just it like, the main baddie. Is it the same thing? You know, like the thing that always gets trotted out of paradox, like, "Oh, you know, everyone knows your games are half finished on day one. Lol, I'll wait eighteen months." You know, and mm. the sort of there's the player grumble that you know because there's always a solid chain of DLC the game's always going to be born a bit premature because it will get that support. Um, personally, I think, you know, I just think it's a bit mean-spirited. Like, you know, if the game's some fun, it's it's fun. Uh, and it, if it gets better, then great. Um, um, I, is is I, that the same? I don't know. I I think you can make the argument that, like, if if you're putting, like, like if you didn't really like Dragon Age Inquisition or you weren't as invested as I am, then you wouldn't really be asked about the story DLC anyway. Maybe you could say that. And anyone's coming to Dragon Age for the story, though, right? I've never had it recommended to me on the basis of, like, you know, combat <laughs> or anything. It's not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dragon Age. We're just Age there for the pretty colours, surely. Yeah. No, we're all just there to shag elves, <laughs> and and for the fandom drama. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think, James? Because you play live service games as well a, a bit, don't you? Uh, yeah. Um, I get. I guess. I guess it kind of goes back to what Nate says about like a war zone. I don't play war zone, but I play. I guess like similar like, shooty shooty bang bangs. Um, those can, I guess, those can get stale quicker unless they do receive a just, <laughs> you know, near constant onslaught of updates. Uh, whereas, mm. like a big meaty RPG, you can play for dozens and dozens of hours, right, without them laying an additional finger on it. Um, yeah, and it, it is, yeah, I do for for that kind of game. I do prefer to play it for ages and then. Depending on the timing, either like come back to it, or just as I'm like maybe interested in dropping off. Oh, there's like a whole bunch of new stuff to explore and do. Um, Anyone who sells an addictive product like becomes an expert in like the mechanics of human dopamine release is <laughs> fiendish, and that that's why it, it Hearthstone takes brilliant advantage of this with a constant drip of minor novelty that just keeps turning your head towards it. Because you know, you know, even if it's only a tiny difference, if you pick it up after even two weeks away, it's going to be noticeably different. It's, mm. you know, like an eternal stew pot that a new chef pisses in every day. <laughs> and you've always got always to test. Mm, a piss melange. <laughs> it's still piss soup. I'm still eating it. Um, that's yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think like were, most people, I'm... were we to do a beans metaphor? Could we? Okay. Could we say it's kind of like there's one approach where you get a plate of beans and you eat it, and then later on the chef brings a plate of like 
another plate of beans, but it's a bit smaller and it's prepared a bit differently. Versus mm -hmm. the live service approach where you get a plate of beans, but then like while you're eating, the chef comes in and maybe like scoop. <laughs> Scoops a few of the beans back into a back into one can, and then gets a different can of beans and scoops out, like slightly replaces them with a different bunch of beans, and just does this for the entirety of the meal, and you never actually finish the plate of beans. I've got an even better image. <laughs> Imagine Desperados sitting around a campfire, and there's like a big wagon of beans nearby. And do you remember those like orange rubber tubes that you'd use to connect up Bunsen burners at school? Yeah. They've yeah. all got like a really long one of those and they're just <laughs> drinking beans from the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> like these manky little Victorian rubber tubes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving their moustaches out of their way with their fingers and looking miserable. There's <laughs> Hearthstone, baby. Oh, God. I, I mean, I yeah. think... James's was more elegant. <laughs> <laughs> Less evocative. But <laughs> um, let's move on before things get any worse to talk about what we've been playing this week. This week, I have not been playing anything. There you go. Oh, Alice. After gi I know, giving, me. Me, giving me all that, all that lip. Only playing it's two me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Two games. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm so sorry. Well, because I was at a wedding and then was exhausted. And before that, I was just caning Star Wars. Um, Which, by the way, I, I, I didn't really have any... I had issues starting it because we were all sharing the same EA account to try and play it. But, yeah, that was a metaphor, but, James. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But... When I was playing it, it was fine. I think it crashed once, but I didn't get like terrifying performance issues or anything. Um, so, you know, but uh, yeah, I haven't played anything. I played, well, I tell a lie, last night I played a bunch of Power Washing Simulator um, nice. because uh, I had to do some writing, but I didn't want to. And thinking about doing it was making white noise play in my brain. So I decided to clean some things <laughs> instead. <laughs> um, uh, lads, what have you been playing? Please don't say nothing as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing a bit of Redfall. Uh, Ooh, Ar hmm. Arcane's open open world co op vampire shooter. Um, and it's not. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of the reviews uh, think. Uh, I think it's like kind of kind of disposable, like surface level fun to jump around in like ghost ghost elevators and shoot stakes into vampires but but everyone is right in saying that it is not really like it doesn't feel like an like an arcane game you know other than having flush mm. flush flushable toilets and <laughs> and, and they this. flush with blood <laughs> 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 I would love that. I am going to try it because it's on Game Game Pass. Yes. Um, which I always nearly call Games Pass because that makes more sense to me because there are a lot of games on it. Um, but I am going to play it because I do like Arcane, but I don't have the highest hopes. No, unfortunately. Yeah, which is a shame because I was so excited when it was announced. I, I I struggled to get like super mad hype for it 
um, just because I already play like a ton of these kinds of games. Um, mm. But it's so what what it what it does well and what it is like at its most are arcane. It has it's got very good uh, I guess atmosphere and world building. Um, mm. I would say that's one of their big strengths. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, you. But the like the the world itself, the physical world, is not as I guess detailed, or it doesn't feel as like cleverly, keenly designed as a definitely for a Dishonored kind of map. Does it have like what Deathloop and Dishonored both really strike out as doing to me is having their own aesthetic? Like you would describe things yeah. as you know you. You know, like if you were in a a, a weird national transport property, must was a bit fucking dishonored too. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's its own thing. Yeah, yeah. No, Red Redfall Redfall doesn't really have that. It has it has dis <laughs> has dishonored's big hands. Like everyone, has, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone in Redfall has everyone in Redfall has massive fucking hands. Um, and the, and the kind good of like lid handed boys. <laughs> And and a similar kind of like everyone's has like slightly tired looking faces the same way that everyone in Dishonored looks like they haven't slept in two days. Um, it's got the tell of an art director with a, a benign but very serious fetish fan. <laughs> <laughs> look, how, look how Tarantino always has a shot of a woman's feet. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear he cast himself? As the man who like drinks tequila off what's her name's foot, like after oh. having written that into the script, wouldn't it be funny if I did that? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> 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 and then what? <laughs> Just kidding. But what if I wasn't? Unless. Face. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> Always gets me. Oh. Oh. I should, I'm sorry, Arcane's big hands. <laughs> really I love that. Actually, speaking of big hands, I've been. Uh, I've decided to have a trip down memory memory lane, um, and revisit uh, Gears of War Tactics. Um, oh, just one of those juicy grunting dudes. Um, that was a, that. Actually, it ties into today's topic because. I don't know if it ever got like a major piece of DLC, but it was screaming out for one. Like that was one of the tidiest games I've ever played at launch. Um, but after just eating me for a week, that was it. I've just done it. Mm. Really? Oh, what a, what a waste of potential if that game didn't get more. Because it was such a nice skeleton for something. I remember you really enjoyed it, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, and a lot of that was just, it's just like the little things, um, yeah, the, just the little things, the little touches uh, that made every turn really engrossing. And that's the, you know, when you've got a game blueprint like that, like that's, I always think that's the sweet spot for DLC. Um, yeah, yeah where you've got a template that works really well and you can just add... Yeah, had new pretty colours, but yeah, missed that. Did some playing yeah. of it. It was good. Good. Uh, you know, you like big men in armour. So. Yeah, do love a brute. Do love a brute. 
Um, alrighty. Well, I mean, that was a mercifully short section because I've not been playing now. So let's move on to a good day to wear. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope you'll figure some some numbers chat this week. But um, let's do it. Yeah, the, maths me. So the Asus Rog Ally. Little update on this. First off, um, I'm apparently should be saying R O G rather than Rog because it's an acronym. But I'm, I'm yeah, not, Rog sounds like I'm not really gonna... tragic Pokemon announcing itself. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine like what was frog. once very muscular, but now is very emaciated humanoid frog. Rog. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I'm issuing now. Anyone wants to draw hardware versions of Pokemon for, yeah, the Rog. The Rog. NVIDIA. <laughs> Always saying his own name like he's announcing the death of God. <laughs> Acer. Radeon. Anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway, so they so Asus announced um uh, I guess a, bu- a bunch more specs last week, and they're not they're probably not gonna be super interesting for me to read out, um, even if you are like kind of interested in tech. Um the 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 point is they haven't announced uh, like pricing or like actual performance benchmarking stuff. I'm also I'm also rereading our um our story on. I forgot to I got to decapitalize the S in SRGB. How embarrassing! Anyway, sure. um, what I actually want to talk about is a quote given to PC Gamer uh, regarding the price, which is that they can't say how much it will be, but they said it will. For sure, be less than a thousand dollars, which was actually it's actually quite in, not uh, surprising to me because I was I was absolutely sure this would be, you know, like a grand and a half type classic classic Asus rog overpriced <laughs> doohickey. But actually, if it if it is like decently less than a grand, it could be really good. Like it could, especially um. Especially now that the Steam Deck is kind of like not not showing its age, but there are kind of more and more games coming out which are just like too much to run mm. on the Steam Deck hardware. Like um, Returnal can't really, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor can't really. So yeah, for something to for like a handheld PC that is a bit more powerful, we don't know exactly how powerful it is, but we can. It's safe to safe to assume it will be. Um, coming along for a still kind of like not outrageous money. It's, it's actually got me like a bit more interested in it. I don't yeah. know. So I, I've just been biting my fist for a full minute and a half thinking about Asus, the Roman fighter pilot. Oh <laughs> need to exercise him from my mind. Wow. No, no we, need, we, need, we need fan art of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Draw all the stuff we talk about on the podcast. Thank oh, you. yeah, honestly, if there's, there's one thing I could ask of God that I do not deserve, it's more podcast fan art. What fun. <laughs> uh, what would be a suitable beans metaphor in this situation? So imagine if a bean salesman rolled into town, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. however long it was As ago, he does now. every week. <laughs> uh, about, about, a month, about a month ago, um, and he had a, a gold-encrusted... Gold uh, tin of beans on his wagon, and he's saying like, "Coming soon, golden beans." 
And then me. Oh, so the beans themselves are gold encrusted. Oh no, no, the the, the bean the beans themselves are like probably like probably like good quality beans, but the 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 tin is. Uh, okay. So the tin's been salt bayed, but not the not the individual beans. As far as we as far as we know, yeah. Um, okay. But everyone kind of like turns their nose off it because it's kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a waste of money. Like I got I got a perfectly good tin of beans here. Um, mm-hmm. Then he rolls back again a few weeks later and says, "Oh, this tin of beans is only like fuck. What cur- what cur- what did they use? Like weird <laughs> currency in the old west? Like we used like we used like tuppence." Yeah, like doubloons. <laughs> doubloons. Oh, no, they pirates. just have <laughs> Yeah, probably dollars yeah. actually. And he rolls in and says, "I can't, I can't tell you how much this tin of beans will be until the launch event on May 11th." <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you it'll be, it'll be less than two doubloons. And everyone's like, "Oh, actually, oh, two, two That's not, that's not bad. That's not bad." So now, now maybe, maybe, yeah, some of us are getting a bit more amenable to the concept of uh, of the of the golden beans, even though we already have a genuinely know, a good metaphor, James, because it's causing me to to engage with the story on an emotional level that I was failing to while thinking about <laughs> ISIS. <That> is... <laughs> well then, job done. Good stuff. This is one of the greatest <laughs> innovations of the podcast. I think I've learned more about hardware by conceiving of it in beans and cowboy terms it's amazing last... it's like the movie arrival and we're the squids <laughs> <laughs> and she's just holding up a picture of some beans <laughs> suddenly holding up a picture <laughs> i was also thinking uh, i don't know where to go with this it's just gross Imagine, um, imagine. Do you remember the salt by videos? The chef pouring salt down his arm onto a steak. Yeah. <laughs> imagine yeah. that with beans and a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Famous <laughs> restaurant where a cowboy pours beans down his arm into your mouth. Tarantino casts himself as the only guest. <laughs> That's the tower of jocularity. There's no game this week. <laughs> Just whoever gets the most beans into Tarantino wins. Yeah, the game is just sit on your own solemnly in a dark room and think about someone, a, a filthy cowboy tipping a can of Heinz. No, a microwave pack of Heinz down his arm into Tarantino's gob. And come back and say you're sorry. <laughs> Do you know, sometimes I forget this is a PC gaming (laughs) podcast. (laughs) All right, let's move on to recommendations. Nate, what are you recommending this week? Oh, I watched um, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. What what a muscly film that is. Um, (laughs) Have you seen that? I actually actually watched it like a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Did you? Yeah, so... Uh, it's so, it. I don't know, having sort of fallen in love with the man a bit over the course of Better Call Saul, it's it, it, weird seeing him play a character that's just essentially a pint mug full of, like, testosterone <laughs> serum. It's, you know, it, it's an extremely macho affair. Um, 
But I, I really liked it. There's a lot of very, very good face hitting. Uh, I, was a bit, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was a bit cold of it, a bit cold on it. If I, if I like, um, if I had just a bit like budget John Wick, but not, but not as like well shot, there was so much slow motion. Oh, it, it was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, it just made me think of like the bit in Dark Place where Dean learned. <laughs> 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 we try, we tried to keep the slow motion away from the dialogue as much as possible, but everything without dialogue was considered the slow motion. <laughs> it's a good Dean learner. Oh, I, I just love like I love really ugly fights where everyone just gets really beasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it has, good. Has good, good. Yeah, it did have one very good ugly fight. There you go, uh, James. What are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending uh, James Jin. No relation to me. Uh, oh sure. <laughs> James Jin, uh, American mustard flavor. Which? Wait, hang on. What? Beg your fucking pardon. So it is a it is a gin. Uh, Infused with the taste of American mustard. There's no need for that. Which no, it sounds yeah. it sounds it sounds dreadful. Um, but it's it that, does, yeah. <laughs> but I, it, I think it kind of I think it kind of works because you get the initial hit and it kind of, it tricks you into thinking it's just like a London dry gin, but then out comes just on like the center of your tongue uh, just a, a a hint of like savory warmth. No, you... it's like a duvet cover <laughs> printed with a picture of the Nuremberg trials. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I want... <laughs> Actually, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like when I had to live off medical shakes for a month before I had surgery, and they were all like chocolate and strawberry and banana flavoured. And my mum was like, oh, wouldn't you want like a savoury one, like a kind of chicken flavoured one? And I had to explain, <sighs> no, I don't want a chicken flavoured room temperature shake. Oh god! Well, shake, shakes are meant to be sweet, but gin is—I guess it's, it's got berries in it, but it's—it's it's typically infused with like more savory flavors, no? Actually, do you know what? I've been a fool thinking yeah, about it's it. Like, it's a good idea. No, all the, the gin flavors I've seen are like berries and like rhubarb and fruit and shit. Yeah, but they're always like dickhead berries, aren't they? Like you know, it's all witch berries. <laughs> What's the most dickhead berry? Fucking juniper. Hate it. <laughs> well, you won't like you won't like this gin or any gin. Yeah, I hate yeah. It. Juniper. Juniper is in like all gins, isn't it? Yeah, it's a. It's what makes basically what turns vodka rancid. into gin. Mm. It's one of my two enemy tastes. That and um. Ugh. I feel like he's thinking of a joke rather than no, the actual truth. <laughs> Caraway. That's it. Oh. Little nasty things. Uh, despite this what and I... despite this and my fancy water recommendation last week, neither of which going down well with Nate, uh, I do I do still recommend uh, James, James Gin American Mustard. You were my hero um, last week for the Tower Watercast joke. Oh. You bad to know. <laughs> Also, um, I got really into the Blue Stones after you recommended them. So oh, really? Oh, brilliant. What's your favourite yeah, song? Yeah, bangs. What's your favourite song? Uh, it is called... Hold on. I'm just going to get on Spotify. Uh, Black Holes. Oh, good one. And Be My Fire's pretty good as well. 
Yeah, that's that's my favourite. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Big bangers. I still quality. Still say mustard flavoured gin is an affront to God, but um, we'll move well, on. Well, it's on, um, it's on record do, now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a sneak fuck recommendation this week uh, and recommend that you buy my book because it's out today as you listen to this podcast. Oh my God! Congratulations. Yay. Thanks. Thank you. Where can where can we buy a copy, Alice? From all good book sto- uh, stores, hopefully, and also Amazon. Um, but uh, you know, I would always say get it from your favourite indie bookstore. Um, it's Did I hear it was on radio too? It's going to be on Radio Two in June. It's a Radio Two book club pick. Big man. Uh, thanks. We're just live sharing personal news with my friends. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's called Grave Expectations. It's a modern cozy crime that has ghosts and swearing and stuff in it. And uh, yeah, check it out if you wanna. I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> um, but that's just about all we have time for on this season two, episode fourteen of the Electronic Wireless Show, a freewheeling beansy episode this week. <laughs> With the some- whimsical winds. Some really upsetting uh, directorial imagery. <laughs> I think all in um, all, we've had some terrible frights. Oh, we have, Sir Anthony Hopkins. We have indeed. Um, thank you, listener, for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok by searching for Rock Paper Shotgun. You can join the Discord where people chat about the podcast, but also chat about video games, find groups to game with. There are regular online sessions organised, and that's always fun. The link is in the show notes for that. You can email us questions, suggestions, feedback, and any fan art of anything Nate describes. Uh, hopefully hopefully, no interpretations of us feeding beans to Tarantino. <laughs> uh, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. But for all of your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. And until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Nate. Bye. And it's goodbye from James. Uh, goodbye. And also, I do not have COVID. Oh. <gasps> oh, yeah. what a lovely end to the podcast. What a relief. Bye, everyone. <laughs> until James sells a 50p DLC for the podcast announcing we've got COVID off. <laughs> <laughs>